Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to the first episode of Bristol Walk Fest's brand new podcast. My name's Pommy Harmer and in the run-up to the festival this May, I'll be looking at different aspects of walking, whether for sport, health or just for fun. We'll find out what the Bristol Ramblers get up to and why you might want to join them. We'll go from Eastfield Park to Southmead and we'll meet the Bristol Stepping Sisters in between. Coming up in the show today, I'll be getting a lesson in Nordic walking. We'll be hearing about how walking helps with young onset dementia and I'll find out all about the sport of walking tennis. But first, let's start with the wonderful Walkfest itself. It's been organised every year by Karen Lloyd from Age UK and she kindly gave me some facts to sum up the festival. For starters, it's the largest urban walking festival in the UK. It started in 2013 when it was only put on for one week, but was so successful, with 500 people taking part a year later, it expanded to fill the whole of the month of May and has done so ever since. In 2019, nearly 8,000 people took part in walks and events organised by almost 75 different organisations. Covid stopped play in 2020, but last year the festival did ingeniously go ahead online by launching walks on the increasingly popular Go Jauntly app. And here we are now on the cusp of the 2022 festival. OK, now, hands up. Who's heard of walking sports? Anyone? No? Well, you're not alone. And just like me, I'm sure you've got a lot of questions. So I met up with two women who practice the sport of walking tennis. Here they are. So I'm joined by Helen Abbott and Susan Marshall. And you are both into walking tennis. So tell me what walking tennis is. Well, walking tennis is a game that is born out of obviously the game of tennis. Uh, We worked out that actually playing tennis can be quite a complex game for a lot of people so actually being able to walk was a way of making it more accessible for a lot more people so we decided to have a go at designing it and it's worked. What's your involvement in walking tennis? Well I started because I retired early and was looking for another sport to go and do to help me keep fit. I'd lost a lot of tennis skills over the years so I thought oh walking tennis good place to start because it starts you from the beginning and it's a lot easier than uh, anything else to start with and it's certainly done the job it's sociable it's fun and uh, it has kept me fit fantastic but i don't understand if somebody hits a ball to you over the net and it's right over there how are you going to get there if you can't run oh well that's the art yes because we try and teach people how to stride and get to the ball differently so it's more cooperative game rather than trying to get the ball away from somebody you're trying to get it to the person so you allow the a cooperative game to take place so by walking and not running you are getting more exercise as with other walking sports there's no running or jumping it's just walking and striding out so you're using your muscles in a different way 
Oh, I'm beginning to see it now. So you're walking about, but you're not trying to get it down the line like they do at Wimbledon. Some people like to do that. <laughs> there are people that like to get it down the line, but then they realise that they're actually not always in the spirit of the game. And uh, we end up encouraging them to play more cooperatively and uh, then you will get more enjoyment out of that. We, we play it with a, a low compression ball, an orange ball, and we've got the option of a second bounce. It gives people time to get to the ball. Sounds like my kind of game, this. Is it singles and doubles? It can be both, but uh, currently it's uh, doubles that I'm playing quite a lot of. It's just played with more or less the same rules of tennis with just a few tweaks. So you to get two bounces in the court. So it's actually quite skillful, but it's more racket skill than physical running around skill. And does it help that you've played tennis before? No, you can start start from zero and you can be of any any age, any state of fitness. And uh, no, it's, it's open to everybody. It's very sociable. Yes, it sounds it because you've got time to walk about and chat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as, all, as all good tennis is, we always end up chatting. <laughs> Sometimes in the middle of a point. (laughs) Yes, I can imagine that. So walking sports, I don't know whether they're all over the country, but there's certainly quite a few in Bristol. There's walking rugby, there's walking football, and now there's walking tennis. There may be other walking sports. What do you know about them as a whole? Well, I know that there's obviously quite a wide range. There's walking cricket and walking hockey and, well, all sports now are are, are realising and appreciating the benefit of of walking uh, for their national governing body to realise that it's important. So everywhere now is starting to offer places. So there's a walking sports directory which can offer you um, information about all the different sports that there are across the country. So I guess this is good for people who used to play the sport but maybe through injury or illness can't play at the same level anymore or for people who aren't very fit like me and would just like to start doing something yeah absolutely oh we've got a whole range of people people who have never played ever before people who used to play at school and thought they couldn't play to people who've played regularly uh, who've injured themselves maybe and or have some sort of other long-term health condition which is preventing them from playing and it's a way of getting them back into it so I've had a gentleman just turning up and he's 82 now and he's ex- so pleased with himself that he can actually play again and it's giving him back his confidence which he said he thought he'd gone he never thought he'd be back on the court so he's over the moon that he's able to play and it's great Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? So what are you up to during Walkfest? Will there be taster sessions? There will be taster sessions, yes, quite a few of them. Okay. At which tennis courts can you do walking tennis at the moment? Yes. Well, St George's Park, which is run by Bristol Parks Tennis, Westport, you can play there on a Tuesday morning, and that will be every Tuesday during May for the Walkfest, be able to come along for free for those sessions to try it out. Uh, there's the Henley's Tennis Club, which um, where Susan plays, and there's an old tennis club as well, and there's Downend and French Tennis Club. So there's quite a few places across the, the region where they play. What if you haven't got a tennis racket? There are always tennis rackets available at the clubs to start with. Then you can decide whether it's worth pursuing or not and finding one for yourself. And what do you wear on your feet? Just ordinary... 
trainers? You can wear ordinary trainers. It's just say comfortable footwear, but obviously comfortable trainers is the best option, yes. Tennis rackets and balls, if you haven't got any, somebody will lend you some. Somebody will lend you them and they're always available at a club or wherever the play is set up. So from 10.30 to 11.30, every Tuesday during May, you can do free walking tennis at St George's Tennis Courts. I might go. Where did it all start? Well, it did start in Bristol, um, back in when we went to the Bristol Walk Fest in 2018. And then we did it again in 2019. And that's when it really took off. And we did it more and more and we developed the game. And then the LTA were quite interested in what we've done and they have taken it over. So we have now got it with the national governing body are running walking tennis as part of their programme when it's one of their products so that's very exciting really because it actually started in Bristol as part of the Bristol Walk Fest. Oh that's really exciting we should be really proud of that. You're saying that walking tennis started in Bristol it's now part of the LTA but who was it who actually started it? Well it was myself and a co-founder Peter Coniglio who is another tennis coach. So Helen you should be very proud of yourself. Yes, I should be proud of myself. <laughs> Are you proud of her, Susan? I'm very proud of her, and she's helped an enormous amount of people, myself included, to, to rejoin society again after various accidents and knocks and things. Yes, very proud. That's really important. I mean, listen to that. You've enabled people to rejoin society. That's quite a statement. It is quite a shock, Susan. <laughs> yeah, I am very pleased because I can see the benefit of it and I know the rehabilitation value uh, socially, which is so important, and particularly after the pandemic and during the pandemic, it's been a real lifeline to people. Being able to come to tennis, no other sport really has been able to be as accessible as tennis because, of course, you're on other side of the court, either side of the court, so you have got naturally socially distanced. So it has been able to be kept going throughout COVID. So we are quite fortunate in that respect that it's developed during this time. Well, congratulations to both of you and congratulations to starting a whole new sport here in Bristol. <laughs> Anyone that I might have heard of doing walking tennis? We had Karen Smythe, the MP for South Bristol, came and joined in the normal tennis club um, activity and she really enjoyed it and endorsed it for herself. Well, that's really good. Yeah. Thank you so much, both Helen and Susan, for talking to me about a sport that started here in Bristol, walking tennis. I thought it was time now for me to take some exercise and so I headed off to Eastville Park to try out Nordic walking. And it started with me having a lesson with no other than the queen of Nordic walking herself, Vicky Welsh, who started it in Bristol. And she told me about the sport and the benefits. We'll then hear from her colleague, Sabitha Bagirathan. So, Pommy, you just strap yourself in the poles, that's it, in the glove. Hold the pole handle to begin with. Angle the poles back. That's lovely. And you've got a natural arm swing there. Head up. That's it. Chest lifted. And then you really power through the poles. So punch them into the ground and push through the strap. Really make your arms work there. You've got a lovely arm swing. 
You are really looking very So here I am in Eastfield Park with the Queen of Nordic walking herself, Vicky Welsh. Hello, Vicky. Hello, that's a very grand title. Um, thank you very much indeed. It's lovely to be here with you. So, Vicky, could you just start by telling me what Nordic walking is? Nordic walking is a physical activity that's based entirely on your regular walking pattern. And it uses these two specially designed poles with a slender handle and a glove-type strap which you angle backwards and which helps uh, work your arms, your shoulders and your back. It helps with your balance, it helps with your stability and confidence walking and it gives you a whole body workout. The poles are different from trekking poles. So whilst you can Nordic walk hiking, you can't use trekking poles effectively to Nordic walk because the grip and the loop strap just doesn't lend itself to a natural arm swing and Nordic walking is very holistic it's built entirely on your natural walking movement. Okay and so you're here in Eastfield Park because you've got a new project and it's to do with social prescribing. First of all, just tell me what social prescribing is. Social prescribing is where uh, GPs and other health workers can recommend to patients to try an activity. There is a particular emphasis at the moment on green social prescribing, which is activities that are outdoors and particularly accessing nature. So we've been given some funding to create a Nordic walking programme that runs from East Trees and Charlotte Keel health centres. The programmes start in April and will run for six months to the end of September. And there are Nordic walking classes that are being run every week from each health centre. And anyone in the area, you don't have to be a patient of East Trees or Charlotte Keel health centres, but anyone in the area can book to join one of the courses. And we've got six courses running, I think, during the course of the six months. Each course is either six or eight weeks long. So that's one Nordic walk a week. Once you've learnt how to Nordic walk, the health centres have got a bag of Nordic walking poles there and once you uh, feel competent and confident with your own Nordic walking there'll be a system whereby you can sign out the Nordic walking poles and go off walking by yourself or with friends. Oh that sounds great I I might do that myself. Um, Tell me about the health benefits of Nordic walking. Well, I suppose when we're thinking of health benefits, we're looking at both mental and physical well-being. And Nordic walking, like many activities, is a very powerful giver of both mental and physical health. Looking, I suppose, at the physical benefits first, well, it's great for your heart. It's, it's a fitness activity. It burns lots of calories. In fact, research has shows that it burns way more calories than walking, about 36% more calories if you're doing the correct technique. So it's great for weight maintenance and uh, weight loss. It's a whole body activity, so it's great for your strength and the poles are great for your balance. And in fact, Nordic walking uses about 90% of your body's muscles when it's done correctly, which is a, an incredibly large amount. And Public Health England have placed it above both running and walking as a strength and balance activity. 
And then there's the one that I think people think of a lot when they think of Nordic walking, and that's that it's great for your joints and it's great for your back health. The poles put you in the right posture. It teaches correct walking. There's a rotational element to it, and all of those feed into more comfortable walking, particularly when you're going up and downhill. So... There are other physical benefits as well, like circulation, and I've trained a lot of people with asthma, and it's really helped with their breathing. But looking at the mental well-being benefits, well, Nordic walking's outdoors, it's sociable, it takes you into nature, and it's lots of fun. And obviously, you can say that for most outdoors activities. So what is it that Nordic walking, I suppose, has above or that's additional with Nordic walking than other activities? And I did a a national survey on this, interestingly, in the summer because I wanted to find out exactly what, you know, the X factor was for Nordic walking because so many people have said that it improves. They think they they start Nordic walking thinking it's for their health and they realise that they've been benefited in their mental well-being hugely as well. So I wanted to drill down into that, find out a bit more about it. And I think there are probably three or four things that were unique for Nordic walking, all related to the poles and the technique. So the first is that the poles provide support and that gives confidence it helps with posture and it helps with pain so a lot of people don't go out or you know their their mental well-being is impacted because they're in a lot of pain or they don't feel confident enough to go out and walk and um Nordic walking is one of those clever, it's sort of, it's called a health sport because it crosses the divide between health and sporting activity. And so people who find walking difficult, Nordic walking makes it a lot easier because the poles provide four legs as opposed to two. And I think the other thing is that you're having to concentrate on the technique of Nordic walking. So your mind can't be thinking about your other worries because you're having to focus on the technique. One client I was walking with said it just stops the thoughts ping-ponging around her head, which I thought was actually a great expression. I find that really helpful too. You're learning a new skill. You can see the progression. You can see the development of what you're achieving. So all these things lead into improved mental health. I think wrapping it up, What I love, and I think what most people love about who are Nordic walkers, is it's fun. And it brings a smile to our faces. And, you know, being happy makes you feel happy both in your mind and your spirit and your body. (laughs) You don't have to walk this fast. I don't think I can walk more slowly because my arms won't swing any slower. Shall we stop? Yeah, wow. That was amazing. It's a completely different experience. I feel like I've had a full (laughs) body workout. But when you were doing it, did it feel like hard work? Because you're puffing now. Did it feel like hard work or did it feel, you know, are you surprised? (laughs) I'm surprised. I am really surprised at how tired my arms feel and uh, how puffed I am because we've only walked up Peacefield <laughs> Park's hardly a hill, is it? Yeah. <laughs> you did it so well. You're just a natural. You definitely oh. need to get some poles. I'll get I'll some poles and I think I might join one of the groups. Thank you so much, Vicky, for joining me and tutoring me. I've, I've just been tutored by the Queen of <laughs> Nordic Walking. Oh. <laughs>
It's been my pleasure. I've loved it. We're going to hear now from Sabitha Bhagirathan, who was just about to embark on walk leader training herself. And I asked her why people might want to join in the East Bristol classes. Gosh, well, so so many ways. Um, I mean, starting with people in Inner Central and East Bristol who are our current offer is open to um, and you know we may look further than that in the future I would say I mean one of the reasons is monetary I've mentioned it's nine pounds a class up at the down so you're thinking about traveling there our classes are free our instructors are very likely to be someone who looks like you or from your extended family or in your community so I'm Sri Lankan one of our hopeful other instructors, so we're all being trained next weekend, is a woman of Chinese heritage. We have a, a woman of Indian heritage, but um, sort of East African um, kind of links as well, and a Caribbean woman. Most of us live in, in a central and East Bristol area. We're all, we all will be newly qualified instructors. So we're, we're pilots as well, so give us a go. and wanting to gain our own confidence and we're going to be going from localities near you so setting off from Charlotte Keel and East Trees or we can meet you in the local green spaces that we're going to use and we're going to much use the local green spaces rather than getting the bus up to the downs it's an hour it's it's not a huge amount of time but it's enough time to get some really good physical activity some time with people in your local environment getting to know it in a different way and you're going to be taught Nordic walking, which is not just like ordinary walking. It's the use of very light poles that come from developed out of skiing. Um, and there's a lot of research that shows it, it burns up a lot more calories than ordinary walking. So for people who are trying to maybe lose weight, I know a lot of people are feeling like that after the past few years. But you will get fitter without sort of necessarily ha- you know, having to jog or start gym membership. You're outdoors. And um, there's, as far as mental health impacts go, one of the five ways to well-being, one of the ways you can promote that for yourself is learning a new skill. And you're going to be learning a new skill without having to kind of concentrate and be in reading a manual or I'm going to learn a language. You're going to be doing it in a way that's sociable with people, but you don't have to chat away. It's a really lovely way to maybe be with people and just be quiet and taking in instructions and looking at the greenery and hearing the birds. And I certainly find, for me, who tends to ruminate and think a lot, when I'm having to really focus my attention on learning something new, the other chatter stopped. Another way I'd sell it is it's very open, you know, all age groups, and we're open to beginners. So we've got the poles. You don't have to have your poles. Trainers or or something. If we're we're going to be walking on grass, so if it's a bit wet, not wellies, but ideally waterproof footwear. But if you haven't got it, trainers, and you might just have slightly soggy feet. But I think you'll be happy, so you won't notice. Loads of networking, lots of friendship making, and getting fit and healthy at the same time. Yes. Thank you so much, Sabitha. I think you'll get loads of people. Yeah. It sounds fantastic and it's so nice to be in, in East Bristol. My pleasure. Thank you very much. And now for something completely different, young onset dementia. Before the pandemic, Joanne O'Neill managed a support service for people with young onset dementia based in Bristol. And sadly, due to lack of funding, the service has been reduced. 
but I met up with Joanne over Zoom and I started by asking her to tell me what young onset dementia is. The definition of a person with young onset dementia is somebody that's diagnosed with dementia under the age of 65. And the thing about a person with young onset dementia is that they will have a more rare form of dementia. And those people will experience their dementia in a different kind of way. It could be that a person loses the ability to speak or understand what's being said to them or not be able to read or follow a conversation. A lot of people with young onset dementia maintain their memory. It's the other symptoms that can impact them. That's really helpful and really interesting. Thank you. And tell me, why does walking help? What is it about walking that you think this is really helpful for this group of people? I think it's kind of well known now, isn't it, about the health benefits of being outside and physically exercising. But I also think, you know, there's evidence now, isn't there, that it's also good for your brain to get out in nature, see different environments, have the opportunity to perhaps relax into having a walk, gentle exercise. I think it's good for your mind and for your spirit, especially, you know, for somebody who is facing the challenge of living with young onset dementia and of course their supporter comes with them so that that might be a partner a husband or a wife or a friend or a support worker and that gives those people an opportunity to talk to others it is a rare illness so if you're caring for somebody with young onset dementia You don't necessarily get the opportunity to to speak to another person that's experiencing the same kind of thing. You can talk about some of the challenges that you might be facing, concerns that you might have. On one of our walks, there was quite an open discussion when we stopped afterwards for tea and cake. I think tea and cake is very important on a walk, I must say. But there was a big group discussion about how to apply for benefits because eventually the person with dementia has to stop working. Now, we're talking about people that are in their 40s and 50s. They're not even at retirement age, but they might have a mortgage to pay young children or children that are going to university to study. So the financial implications of getting a diagnosis at the age of 40, 50, the early 60s is absolutely huge. How are you going to manage? So to actually provide people with that opportunity to talk about, well, I tried this and you can go here and this organisation gives good advice. I think what's particularly special about our walks is it's a walk plus plus so there's the 
the benefits of being outside, getting some good exercise, but being with other people that actually understand what you're going through as an individual. And also the opportunity for a person with dementia to talk about their diagnosis and what it means to them. These are big challenges to face, aren't they? Yes, it's huge. Yes. So just to bring it back to Walkfest, what are you organising for Walkfest in May? So on Friday the 20th of May at 10.30 in the morning, we're going to meet at the car park in Snuff Mills. That's the car park with the little cafe. And we're just going to have a nice gentle walk down past the mill and along by the river for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, just a gentle walk, and then turn around, come back, and go and eat cake. (laughs) That's the plan. Cake, that's the plan. That sounds great. Thank you, Joanne. That's been a fascinating insight into young onset dementia and and what you're doing for Walkfest. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for this opportunity. It's been brilliant. You can get hold of Joanne through the Facebook page, The Denim Generation, or the Walkfest website, or you can email Joanne directly on joanne underscore O'Neill at hotmail.com. Well, that's it for this episode. Bristol Walkfest runs from the 1st to the 31st of May this year. You can find out more about the walks being organised by visiting www.bristolwalkfest.com. Bristol Walkfest is coordinated by Active Ageing Bristol with Age UK as the lead partner and is principally funded by Bristol City Council. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Pommy Harmer. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time when we'll find out what the Ramblers get up to.